This is Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio with Emily Dean and Pierre Novelli. You can text the show on 812.15. Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Frank on the Radio. Email the show via frank at absoluteradio.co.uk. Morning, boys. Good morning. Good morning. Um, happy belated birthday to Pierre Novelli, who um, we celebrated today because it was mine uh, last week and I own that day. Um, but it was Pierre's on the 31st, as yes. we'd say in the black country. Lovely. And uh, can I ask how old you are? Would you rather not say? Could it, could it damage your career? <laughs> I don't want to no, do that. No, no more than anything. Oh, no, anything no. Else. How old is she now? As my mother's uh, oh, stage manager I friend I love would say, that. every birthday he'd ring us, and he'd say, "How old is she now, dear?" So How about I asked, you. No, about my mother. Now, yeah, he'll do it to me now. Okay. I asked. I him used. The to, I don't know if this is acceptable anymore, but I, I had a couple of gay mates in Birmingham. We used to do that thing of saying, if they had a. a that's how it, here she comes now about a bloke. It was a right thing. And it always cracked me up. Almost oh, she's in a bad mood. I mean, I don't know if it's even acceptable though, but at the time it was a very funny thing. Sorry, continue. 32. Lovely. Looking good. Mm. Um, and there was right a lovely moment when I watched... Sorry. It's all right when they say it. Oh, yeah. I watched... Um, Pierre opening his presents this morning and there was a great moment when he took the wrapper off one and then looked at it, it was a cardboard box and he looked at it and actually said out loud what's this? <laughs> People actually articulate that when they're opening was, presents. Was he about to launch into the Nightmare Before Christmas? Yeah, Jack Skellington's song. So what did you get? Let's, let's let the world know. I've got, um, you know... I, no, I know. But it's radio. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to hold them up uh, yeah, don't in silence. I'll, I'll name them. Um, Everyone on this show gets their own mug. It's not, a, it, you know, it's not a complex tradition. Mm. No. So uh, mine has got Marky Smith on it. What's yours got on it, Em? Let's have a look, shall we? Yes. It's pink. Oh, it's pink. And it's, it's got a chilli on it. Oh. Believe, oh, what's that a... saying? You're a bit, a bit cold? Well, I wonder <laughs> if they've thrown me a little bit or a of bit shade. Hot. I wonder if it's a little bit of subtle shade. They hate you. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yes. What's um, Pierre got? I've got a sort of a Pokemon. Well, it's like a parody of a Starbucks mug. It's probably it's illegal. It looks illegal to me. It could be. <laughs> yeah. A moody oh. mug. Yeah. Charbucks, it says, and it's got a Charmander. You know a Charmander? You know. Yeah, it's yeah. got one of those. One of them on it. Oh, and, they didn't uh, go to the... Where did they go to the market or something to get <laughs> it, Frank? I got another present. I'm going to jump in here because I think Pierre's been a bit slow on this list. <laughs> I um, I got another birthday present this week, a belated oh, yeah. one. What'd so we, I kind of plat this in. It was from our old friend, thinky back, Nicholas Hemingway. Oh. Now, Nicholas Hemingway is a master penman. Oh, yeah. Yep. And he always sent some lovely, lovely writing uh, irons over the years. <laughs> and he has made... Now, this is... Um, I love Nicholas Hemingway. I think if there was a Hemingway talent league table, mm. it would be Ernest mm. and then Nicholas and then probably um, Mariel and then Wayne. That would be my top four. Lovely. That's my that's my Champions League Hemingways <laughs> top four. Anyway, and also there's a bit of nom de term with uh, Nicholas Hemingway. What does that Nominative, mean? Nominative. I can never say that word. Nominative yet. determinism. Yeah. Oh yeah. With the writing, isn't there? Oh uh, yeah. Is there? Well, Hemingway going does into it... the writing industry. Oh, I see. Do you see what I mean? I always think of uh, Ernest hunched <laughs> over a Corona. I don't mean the beer, I mean the uh, typewriter. Oh, yes. Go on, then. Do you think he sort of looks at it in that sense and goes, well, I'm a Hemingway, but uh, I'll never top Ernest. So maybe if I top the method by which Ernest (laughs) 
earned his spurs. Yeah, I hope so. Anyway, he sent me a beautiful pen, and I'll tell you what it's made from. Go on. After this. What about that? Pen cliffhanger. We had one of those before? Yeah. I don't think we have. We will come back to Pierre's presence, but honestly, come on. <laughs> Frank Skinner. Frank Skinner. So I heard from Nicholas and he's, uh, he's, he's, he says, I'm sorry, uh, your presence a bit late. Like, I, you know, it's lovely getting a late present. You think you've had all your presents and you get another present. Oh. Anyways, one of his beautiful mechanical pencils and... Um, I should say you can go on the internet, look up Nicholas Hemingway, because I'm, I, you know, pens, I love them. But this one is made out of... Uh, pens, I love them. Five, <laughs> 5 year old oak. Ooh. Oh. Bog oak, as he calls it. And oh. now, what is the phenomenon? Has it got a name when somebody says something to you and you think, I've never heard that before, and within a week... Uh, you hear another reference to it. What is it? Bader Meinhof phenomenon. Oh, oh yes, that's right. Know. I love yeah. that. And the idea is, people had never heard of the. But you explain the Bader Meinhof to someone. Who which is Bader Meinhof? It's a German terrorist organisation. Yes. Yeah. And oh. and then you think I've never heard of that, and then two days later you'll see a reference to it in the newspaper. It's a very odd. Yeah. There must be a psychological explanation that you wouldn't have noticed it before. What is it? Here? Or maybe there's just a god. Him. Anyway, so <laughs> anyway, um, so it's a beautiful pen made from uh, uh, this old uh, oak, and um, he refers to the fact that Seamus Heaney, the Irish poet, wrote a, a poem about um, the Tolland man. Mm. Oh yes. Now my son said this week, "Oh, we've been doing some stuff about the Tolland man." I said, "I don't know that. Mm. Never heard of it." And I'd read that poem, still didn't stick, didn't register. I was thinking totally Piltdown. I said at school, I'm sure we did Piltdown, man. Piltdown, I looked up, was a hoax. Yes, I believe so. Complete hoax. Mm. So I thought, Tolland Man, who knew? And then this, um, he has sent me a picture of Tolland Man and said that the, the finish he's gone for on his pen is a sort of Tolland Man. <laughs> Um, Matt Finish. <laughs> really? It's a bog body. And he sent me totally. a picture of TM. And, um, oh, we're going TM already, are we? And he wow. said, I wonder if he holds the record uh, 2,000 years, the longest time to wear a hat. Ooh. And he is very distinctly wearing, not dissimilar to the one I bought from Liberty's, the orange <laughs> beanie. Yeah. So, uh, but at Tolan Man, it, it meant nothing to me. Two days ago, no two references like that. Have really. you explained who he is, though, Tolland man? He's, he's some old guy that they found um, under the ground. They always find them in peat bogs. Yes, he's a famous bog body. Yeah. Lovely. There's other bog bodies. Absolute radio. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Frank, may I just share this with you from Barry Mack? I thought you oh, might appreciate I it. I that's going to be Manilow. No. I was so excited. <laughs> Do you like Manilow? I like um, I like the idea of him as a concept. <laughs> okay, um, dear Frank M and Pierre, very long time reader, occasional mailer. Okay. Mm. I thought I'd bring you a little story from Does our. Does that hand. mean he writes muscular American <laughs> prose? <laughs> <laughs> it was a Norman Mailer joke. Everyone, Google him. Carry um, on. Absolute radio. I thought I'd bring you a little story from our house about the New Year's honours list. Oh. Every year I go on the website and read through the winners to see if there's anyone local or famous. Incredibly, I missed the fact that Frank had received his MBE, Praise Redacted. But in fact, an even better tribute to Big Daddy happened spontaneously. As I read through the list, I said to my wife, Oh, did you hear Brian May? To which my wonderful wife of 20 years instantly replied, No, but thanks for the tip. Hi, hurrah. <laughs> truly wonderful tribute to your work. Yes, in, in, yes, more important in many ways. Although I will say they're not the only one who missed it. Oh. The, um, the Roman Catholic Journal, the tablet, which yes. I have every week delivered in... Uh, what is that see-through plastic stuff? Policy? Sure. Oh, anyway, yeah. um, 
had a list of Catholics who were in the New Year New Year's Honours list, and they never, I never got a mention. I mean, you'd what? think I'd get in that list. I enough, thought you were very. I thought you were quite well in with them. I know. Yeah. I was. I was once voted the. Um, I think it was the 69th most influential lay Catholic. Catholic Ruler of the Year. Was I don't. I don't no, no, they, they don't do they that. Don't sorry. Do that. No, sorry, Frank. Not yet. Um, but that's more of a C of E thing. Didn't they do a rear of the year, did they? Um, but, uh, yes. So uh, I, I was uh, was not on their list. Oh, I'm so sorry. I can't believe it. I hope it's not going to be like that at the old pearlies. on Absolute Radio. Okay. So um, what did you get for your birthday again, Pierre? Well, a Charmander mug. Yes. Yes. Oh, we've done that. Yes. A book, a book, Shadowlands. Okay. What's that about? It's about Britain's various uh, lost sort of ruins and okay. ghost towns and so on. Okay. So I'm guessing uh, some Whitby. Mm. I'm uh, guessing some of those villages they bought during the war to shoot artillery at them. Yes. Yeah. There's a there's a village in the Highlands <laughs> that I saw the remains of that Samuel Johnson and James Boswell went to visit. It's just gone now. Oh. Gone. Mm. Gone, gone, <laughs> and never call me mother. You see, that seems quite suited to you. I can't yeah. imagine you're someone who goes for the old airport book with the silhouette of St. Petersburg on the cover. What, what about the book? Um, <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean by yes. trench books. Trench-coated man in alleyway. <laughs> yeah, neither paperback nor hardback be. Yes. As I think was Polonius's advice to the airport um, publishers. Is it a paperback? Is it? I, I don't know. It's a sort of very sturdy yeah. paperback. I've never seen an author's name so heavily embossed. Yes, we Maybe can't pull let the you. Blood on the cover, and we'll price it nine ninety nine. Yeah. The theory is that you could hijack with the sharp corners of a hardback. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's the theory. And uh, a paperback might be distorted by G-force. Yes. So they've found some mid-ground yes. mid mm. in that. What about this on the book front? I was bought for my birthday last week. Mm. Um, the Wasteland biography of a poem by Matthew Hollis, which was, I was bought by Emily Dean. 400 pages. I finished it yesterday. You're oh. kidding. That's how Have good you... it was. It was right. quite Isn't a it good? brick of oh, a book. It's brilliant. Oh, do you know, I love it when I get a gift right. It doesn't always happen. Really? You've yeah. been reading that all week? The worrying thing is I came out of it really loving Ezra Pound, who was jailed for um, fascism during World War II. <laughs> yeah, you can't. It's true. It's typical of me. I, you know, I always go for those kind of blokes. <laughs> the bad boys? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> bad boys. Yeah. I love a bad boy. I'm just so. one of those, you know, I just go for those kind of bad guys. I've been leader of the pack. Ezra Pound. <laughs> My foe. The American authorities were always putting him down. <laughs> they said he was a traitor, so they locked him in a cage for six weeks. He was actually locked in a cage six by six for six weeks. Really? All the sixes for Ezra. Anyway, <laughs> so did a great job on it. He's a great editor. I'm yeah. still reeling from... Uh, like, like a, it's a very fascist-friendly operation, isn't it, editing? I'm yeah. still reeling from the American authorities were always putting him down. No, they... Down, um, down, They say down. that he was, uh, um, you came know... Came from was, the wrong he, part of town. They did. He yeah. came from the wrong part of town. It was next door to Mussolini. Oh, God. He's another bad boy. Yeah. Bad boys. Frank, did, uh, would you say he's the most famous editor in terms of editor who's managed to make himself a celebrity? J. Jonah Jameson. Oh, that's true. <laughs> Maybe Perry White at the Planet. Did he have a visor? Yeah, Perry surely. White. Did he have a visor? You know that in those new, in old newspaper films, they always had a green yeah. head visor. I had a, I had and a strange things on their shirts. What was that, Frank? Oh, those. Uh, my dad used to wear those cuffs on the sleeves. The whole yeah. hold your cuffs back, like, like metal. Um, yeah, sleeve Clamps. bands. Yeah. Mm. I had a terrible visor experience when I absolutely assumed that dogs playing pool, that well-known um, picture mm. painting, one of them was wearing a visor. And when I came to look at it, I'd, I'd, I'd added the visor, but in my uh, memory um, Photoshop 
facility. <laughs> yeah, who knew? Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. I was listening to the um, the news this morning on the way in, and the, the newsreader, it's on the radio, um, referred to Elon Musk as Mr. Musk. <laughs> I thought that'd be an interesting Mr. Man. Mr. It? Musk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With a, a sort of um, vibe, sort of lines emanating from sort of his armpits. Or yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, or he could be one of those noses that one gets in the perfume industry. Oh, Mr. Yes. Musk. Yeah, well, think, think on. That would be the sort of the nickname for the best one. Could you pass me my phone? I'll get, I'm going to read the first. Um, I mean, you know, today. And um, thank you. And oh my God! <laughs> I always used to say, I used to say, "Ashord we" in those instances. "Ashord <laughs> we." Anyway. Um, thank you, Sarah. This is um, from the Catholic Journal, the tablet. Mm. New Year's Honours, Catholics feature among King Charles's first awards. A number of Catholics were recognised in the New Year's Honours list, the first awarded by King Charles. James O'Donnell, organist and master of choristers at Westminster Abbey until Christmas Day, was made a lieutenant of the Royal Victorian Order. I mean, that's nothing compared to an MBE. <laughs> Master of Music at Westminster Cathedral until 2000, O'Donnell was the first Catholic in 500 years to hold his post at Westminster Abbey. Okay. So that's his business. You do know this is a lot, I I wouldn't you're hold sharing my, this with everyone. I wouldn't hold my post at Westminster Abbey. <laughs> Could you put that back? Thank you so much. Well, I like Can his... I say I love your work? Most people will I think, fleetingly, I think I've healed. I think I've healed. I think you have. Fleetingly, this will go through their head. And they'll think, oh, I'm a bit peeved I wasn't there. Not fine. No, but there's a long list, you, you know, by, by, by the end of it. The, the length of the list is, is, is sort of a, a proportionate to the irritation, I imagine. By the end of it, it's those people who, uh, people always say, really deserve an honour. <laughs> and you don't want to be below those. Why do you think... <laughs> why the omission? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Do you think that knows, this, this is how they've let you know that you've become anathema? Yeah, so we oh, won't yeah. tell them directly. We'll tell them via oh, the tablets. Yeah, that, that, that would be good, yeah. Um, I've been uh, discommunicated. What's the word? Excommunicated. Excommunicated. Always forget. Oh, didn't Did take you long to forget it all. <laughs> no. What was your final present? It was a T-shirt, but... Yeah, as we've discussed on the show, there are T-shirts where one may find completely irrelevant messages yes. and logos, such as the one I'm actually wearing now. You've yes. currently got a Route 66 mm. yes. T-shirt. You look at it and say, you weren't at the Oregon summer camp for Javelin 1971. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you weren't at <laughs> Los, An- Los Angeles 1984 Raiders. <laughs> yes. It throws up an interesting question about how long a joke remains funny because um, mm. Joe Root, the England cricketer, they have numbers on their backs and they have their name and then a big number and he's, he's 66 is his number uh-huh. for Root 66 but you think, Joe, it's a good joke but I've mm. seen it now, mate. <laughs> Carry on. Well, this is a relevant T-shirt. Oh. Thank God. Uh, and it is, the, it is an Isle of Man classic 1907 short course TT T-shirt. Oh, I remember that one. Yeah. Pierre grew up in the Isle of Man. Yes. So, yes. Uh, and Hence. the TT, obviously, is an essential part of the I- island's culture, I think. What it's does it stand for, TT? Tourist trophy. Oh. Mm. I didn't know that yeah. fact, did you? I knew it and chose to forget it. It was oh, okay. so tedious. Oh, is it? <laughs> <laughs> to free up some room. <laughs> yeah, is exactly. it? Is it? I'm at a point where, honestly, I'm having to get another bookcase in. <laughs> Do you know, we're going to have to start doing that, Frank. We have to start deleting some of data. I find Guardians helping me with that. <laughs> quite, quite a lot. Frank Skinner. Absolute Radio. Frank, mm-hmm. Louisa... Louisa in North Somerset describes herself as a loyal reader, an occasional emailer, mm. and this is rather lovely, her take on your... Um, From Somerset. Yes. Do you remember they used to write, like, if there was a... If you got a postcard in Somerset, it would say, welcome to... Zom- Greetings from Somerset. It's supposed to be recreating the local accent. As a sort of phonetically. 
Yeah, that was the theory. Hmm. Well, this is her take on your, uh, what I'll call, Catholic tablet gate. Oh, yes. Morning, Frank, Emily and Pierre. Perhaps Frank has been left off the list because he is already a very well-known figure. Maybe in the tablet, and she's put it in little quote marks, um, they are making known people who have been awarded who are not particularly well-known and well-recognised. They are making known. I'm sorry, my emphasis was wrong there. Do you see what I mean? If you look at it in this way... It is a massive compliment. I mean, I do think it's quite a stretch to look at it in that way. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and also there was a big article about the Pope this week. They weren't worried about <laughs> pushing his uh, profile. Oh, yeah, there, there wasn't a meeting where the editor went, well, we know. No. When I had an audience with the Pope, mm. I mean, it wasn't just me, it was a bunch of people in the room, he didn't come on and say, hello, I'm the Pope. <laughs> he, he backed himself. So you don't believe that the tablet's philosophy here is that your, no. light, your light has been sufficiently debushled? No, the tablet are always scratching around for a bit of celebrity stuff. They're always interviewing people who say, <laughs> I grew up as a Catholic, and it still, you know, it still has a meaning, but I don't believe in it anymore. I thought, well, I don't want to... Go in the other papers, as packed with atheists. <laughs> the bloke interviewed me, Peter Stanford, and, he inter- and I said, why do you keep interviewing people who don't do it anymore? I don't hear about those. They don't want everyone to talk to them on the tube. <laughs> what about? I want the practice. I said I'd rather have someone who you know, yeah. no one's heard of, who still goes. Mm. There you go. <laughs> what has it changed? Nothing. I've got to uh, quickly say thank you to Nicholas Hemingway. Oh yeah, he's texted in. Happy birthday, Pierre. Sorry for not realising. What a class act. Yeah, he is. A, he is a class what act. What didn't he realise? I've forgotten already. But it was my birthday. Oh, I see. Well, yes. Mm. Okay. He's, like I say, he's, I'm, I'm putting him down as a friend of the show. Him, yeah. I'm now adding Tolland Man. <laughs> yes. To our. Um, though he doesn't look like an Strange. early riser to me. <laughs> I think he must do the podcast. <laughs> what a curious door policy you have. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> very, uh, it's very Studio 54. I decide yes. who gets it and who doesn't. Tim Key. Neil Gaiman, <laughs> Stephen Moffat, and Tolland Man. <laughs> Can't believe they let in the Tolland oh, Man. Let's imagine to get a call from the driver saying, oh, I've been outside his house half an hour. The <laughs> Tolland Man, no sign. He, only, he came out only wearing a hat and a noose. Yeah, yeah. Can't drive him like this. No, that's when he picks up the edge. Oh, the edge. <laughs> I haven't told you about my... I'll tell you after. This is Frank Skinner. Frank Skinner. This is Absolute Radio. This is um, Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio with Emily Dean and Pierre Novelli. You can text the show on 812.15, follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Frank on the radio. Email the show via frank at absoluteradio.co.uk. We used to have rag and bone men come down our road and that was the tone they used. Oh, yes. Any old ringers, any old riders. And then you'd take your um, scrap metal out. That's how it worked, kids. There is a way of shouting that sort of, even if they're nearby, they still sound like they're in the distance. Well, yeah, and also there's a, there are tunes. I mean, I don't know mm. who wrote the tune to Evening Standard, but when, when they used to sell the Evening Standard in London when I first moved down, people would go, Evening Standard, Evening Standard. And I thought, did someone write that? Right, that tune. No, 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 no. Did someone with a sort of quill sit down <clears> and <throat> compose? <clears throat> I, I worked at a place called Pell Furniture, mm. where I used to smash up furniture with a sledgehammer and put it into a furnace. <laughs> and don't as, as part of the job, or just it, as a stress relief? Absolutely as part of the job. <laughs> We've all done it, dear. No, the job. Wow. And uh, the receptionist there would say, Hello, Pell Furniture. <laughs> and I thought, who wrote that tune? <laughs> Da, da, na, na, na. And who, yeah, trying to connect you. <laughs> yeah. That's oh, yeah. the other. That's the other tune. Anyway, it was my birthday last Saturday, as mm. many of you will know, and uh, my partner took me and um, her and our child and her sister and his husband and their child and Pierre and Sarah to a Batman-themed restaurant. Oh, I think you mean Emily. 
but as you were. What did I say? Sarah. Oh, sorry. Sarah Pierre didn't come. Pierre and I. That's my guilt that Sarah didn't come. Well, well no, let's be honest. Pierre and I, we, we frankly gate crashed, but that's what no, we do. No, we smelt no. a free meal. No, mm. no, we... Um, so we went to... I didn't even know it existed. It was... I was told it was on the way in. I was at, told I had to guess, and if I peered through the doors, which weren't open when we got there, there was a family tree of the Wayne family. Mm-hmm. Mm. And um, it was Bruce Wayne. So I got very excited about it being um, a Batman-themed restaurant. I'll be honest with you, and I am a bit on the nouveau riche <laughs> side, but I was hoping for a Bat Burger, yes. some sharp, repellent cocktails. You wanted yes. a sort of rainforest. What was the place you went to was that wasn't a- rainforest, Catherine? Jungle Cave. <laughs> Jungle Cave. <laughs> Um, so, well, you were hoping for sort of like a, a, it a was penguin-themed the rain- ice cream. Yes. Yeah, it was the Rainforest Cafe in reduced circumstances. <laughs> I was hoping we'd be served by, you know, a waitress dressed as Aunt Harriet. Oh. Do you remember Aunt Harriet? Well, you got a guest dressed as one. Yeah. Uh, Aunt Harriet <laughs> used to say things to, to um, Bruce Wayne and Dick Grayson like... I don't know where you two get off to. You never see. You're always rushing off somewhere. <laughs> that was her job. Her job was not knowing they were Batman and Robin, <laughs> but living in the same house. Anyway, so we went there, and um, it wasn't like that. It was terribly nuanced. Mm. Yes, there was like a gentle nod to um There was the, the Pennyworth bar, yes. which is Alfred the Bottler's surname, but there was no real symbol of him. Can I say, he's quite... I don't know, he's quite entitled, that butler. Mm. I mean, he's... he's he does know, of course. He's an employee... Mm. And he's got a bar named after him. I know. Come well, on, c- mate. Uh, then there was the Cobblepot Room, which is the surname of the penguin. Mm. Oh yeah. And the waiter said, "We don't use the p word." Oh God. And there was there was one sort of it looked like an ice sculpture of a penguin high up. That was it. Mm. Yes. Now, I once had a trilby hat as a child, yes. and on the hat band it said James Bond 007. <laughs> and I thought, as a kid, he wouldn't have worn this, would he? <laughs> it's not as merch goes. He would have. He would not have worn this hat. You can't. You can't just scroll James Bond on any piece of clothing. No, not if you're James Bond. Yes. Very often it's you're undercover at you know at that you know that hotel near the uh, casino in Monte Carlo where he always stays no matter where he's in the world. Yes. Uh, he wouldn't go in with a trilby that said James Bond. So. I also had uh, a man from Uncle Dinky. It was a corgi car where they had the Uncle Crest on the body <laughs> again, but. I didn't want this level of nuance. There wasn't a picture of Batman in the whole damn place that I mm. found. What about what the maitre d' said about our clothes? We'll get to that. We'll get to that. <laughs> Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. So as we're walking in for Frank's birthday mm. to the slightly Batman-themed restaurant... <clears throat> yeah. I think the idea is that Bruce Wayne could have gone to that restaurant in a film. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, it was Batman tinged. Yeah. It did feel like the movie where a deal would be done in a, uh, in but, a movie. Sorry, but in, in, a, restaurant, in a way that James Bond wouldn't have worn that trilby, Bruce Wayne could have gone in there and it yeah. wouldn't have been, like, you know, it wouldn't have been laughable. It was. It, it had the air of one of those things of fancy restaurants or in a movie where you walk past a table where the mayor's having dinner with the the mobster. Yes. Go, oh, commissioner. I didn't <laughs> expect to see you oh, here. Commissioner exactly. Gordon was one of my favourites. <laughs> yes. Did uh, why did Alfred Pennyworth? Mm. He wore. You see, the Alfred obviously of my youth was the uh, the original TV series where he wore the Alan Napier. <laughs> I'm speechless with joy and yeah. pride. He wore a sort of hardware store apron a lot of the time. Yes, in he did. Green colour, and his only 
All he did was pick up a glass cake dome and then answer the yeah. red phone. <laughs> yeah, he did and that. And say, I'll summon him now. Yeah, and then they would pull back Shakespeare's head and there would be a, 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 a switch which would open the door to the back poles. Yes. And they would slide down to the, uh, <laughs> to the back cave. Yeah. But... I did, I just found, because they apparently they have, you know, when, when you walk in, you walk in, as Frank said, through a sort of a faux library, don't you? Mm, there's a, a, a bookcase opens and you go into the restaurant, that's mm. how it works. Yes. And I'm thinking at this stage, oh man, <laughs> it's going to be glass cases with that stuff from the actual Batman films from the 60s TV, so it's going to be yeah. original comic art, all the waiters and waiters will be dressed as, you know, bookworm and King Tot and stuff. <laughs> And um, I like the sandwiches. But where was the caped crusader? (laughs) No, it's a tights for his own. And I mean that. And when we walked in there... My son said, by the way, Mm. that it says on the website that you won't be allowed in if you're wearing um, superhero or supervillain outfits. Oh, yeah. You're actively not allowed. Can you imagine if we'd all turned up in, oh, our, in our satin cape, just bought from the fancy dress shop, so all the folded marks are still in them. And, of course, oh, I had, when oh, I was yeah. a child, my mum made me a, a Batman outfit. Do you know about this, Pierre? Hmm? Swimming trunks over jeans. <laughs> oh, yeah. But she made me a utility belt, the clout, the cowl, the whole thing. Grey school jumper with the yellow um, oval with the bat on. (laughs) And what did you and uh, Robin, close quotes, do? My cousin David had a full Robin outfit who would walk around in tiny green um, (laughs) um, swimming trunks with bare legs for authenticity. Yes. But we were just, by the time that they were finished, we were just too old for that game playing thing for per se so we would do things like whether well, the other kids hang around on uh, uncle ben's bridge and go in the park but we were just sitting around talking as <laughs> batman and robin <laughs> as if batman and robin grew up in like an urban deprived area and didn't really have any purpose in their lives <laughs> so we would like play fo- we would play football in the park as batman and robin and, and go on the, you know, sit on the swing for two hours talking to <laughs> yeah. to each other. No crime today. No, no. no crime, no no Batmobile. It was Batman and Robin, to use one of your phrases, dossing, essentially. Yeah, Batman and Robin um, <laughs> when there wasn't much on. <laughs> but um, it was more Batman and Robin than the Batman and Robin uh, rest. I was, mm-hmm. Can I say, I did have a great time at, the, you know... Lots of people I care about there, and the food was great. I still haven't told you what the maitre d' said. No, but we'll do it after (laughs) this. One thing about this, we we won't be rushed on this show. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. Listen, Frank, I still haven't... What did the maitre d' say? Okay. We all walked in. We looked okay. I thought. Yeah. I thought. Note the tents. Mm. Yeah, we shouldn't have took the tents. <laughs> <laughs> I just wasn't sure if we'd get home in case it was a rail strike. And they were mistaken for costumes. <laughs> yeah. At one point, Frank said as we were standing outside, we were gathered waiting for it to open like the January sales. Mm. And Frank said, oh, it looks very a bit posh for us. Yes. I muttered, speak for yourself. <laughs> And you said, oh, do you think it's going to be all right? I don't know. Well, it was fine. I got this feeling that Posh gets more okay as the day goes on. Mm. What do you mean? So I think at night it wouldn't have worried me. Oh. But I think, like, posh breakfast and that, I always think that's a bit... What is it, though? That's because you're more hidden. Are we on the Orient Express, (laughs) I ask myself? (laughs) Well, as we descended Mm. into the bowels of Bruce Wayne's manor... Yeah. No man in a hardware apron to greet us, I noticed, but never mind. Mm. Um, And I was with you and your son, Mm. and uh, your nephew was present. Yes. Who is, let's be honest, uh, a fabulously natty dresser. Mm. Oh, gosh, yeah, he had the gold jacket on. He wears a gold sequin jacket (laughs) and he looks fabulous in it. Mm. We all seemed rather muted by comparison. Yes. And as we walked in... We just said we were the band. 
We were. We, we, we trailed him like a dauphin. Oh, we yeah, were. exactly. We were, we were entourage at that point. So as we walked in, the maitre d', who seemed to have quite a gold sequin jacket energy himself. Mm. Mm. When he's off duty, I think. Well, I suspect he has his moments on, but let's not okay. go into that. He turned to us and he looked approvingly at your nephew's gold jacket and he said, well, at least someone's made an effort. Anyway, let me <laughs> take you to your table. <laughs> I mean, I like that that's the absolute entry point. Yeah. If but... you go below a gold sequin jacket, you're not making an effort. But it, of all the restaurants to bring up not making an effort, <laughs> it should not have been the... <laughs> The Where's Batman? <laughs> Batman themed restaurant. That's it. <laughs> there was a sort of aspect every now and then where our waiter would sort of sort of say, here are your here are the scones. Uh, bat scones. Yeah. Uh, did he do that? No, yes. no, no, no. No, he no should but have it done did that. there was an energy of uh... it was like um it was like they were ashamed. Of the Batman theme. We've been told by management that this is a Batman themed. Yeah, but it's not a Batman theme any of us want. I mean, maybe it was, listen, guys, maybe it was quite meta and they were sort of suggesting, like the Bruce Wayne character, uh-huh. it, was a, it was the sort of hidden identity. Secret. secret identity <laughs> yeah, thing. Don't that, mention yeah. <laughs> Don't mention yeah. Batman because we don't well, want Bruce Aunt Wayne. Well, Harriet would not have suspected a thing in that restaurant. <laughs> I could say it would have fooled her completely. <laughs> Can I say again, the food was very nice and Excellent. I had a lovely time. It was come lovely. Come on. <laughs> come on. It was a, a Batman-themed restaurant that didn't like Batman. <laughs> Frank, why do they call it Wayne Manor? It's a bit of a horror. It's a bit lotto loud. What do you mean they have? Yeah, it's like Wayne Manor. It... Well, because it's the, you know, the... Ancestral home of the Waynes. What if it was the ancestral (laughs) home of the Waynes and it's like the Christian name? So there's all blokes in shell suits and stuff sitting around. (laughs) Frank, you were talking earlier about... Boy, was I. (laughs) That's what I do. You were talking earlier about the dogs playing poker. Um, uh, well, playing pool. 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 I do apologise. Yeah, I was saying I'm that talking I had, about what's going on in my house currently. In case you missed it, I had, <laughs> I, had uh, I absolutely assumed I was doing a TV show, I think, and I wanted to show. Uh, I, I was talking about people wearing visors, mm. and I said, that, "Let's get that that picture where dogs play pool because um, they wear visors." And when mm-hmm. we got it, there wasn't a dog with a visor. Mm. Well. We've had texts in from from no less than Nicholas Hemingway mm-hmm. and others. Oh, there is a dog wearing a visor in dogs playing pool. However, there is no visor in dogs playing poker. They are companion pieces to one Maybe, another. Maybe, and this I would say is a thing that haunted my entire um, career and continues to do so. Mm. That when I said, "Can you get the dogs playing pool?" they brought in dogs playing poker. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe. They yeah. presumed. Well, we you have, have to remember the media is full of people who um, were in the right place at the right time, both <laughs> birth and geography-wise. <laughs> and I always used to give a speech about how I had friends who worked on the bins who I thought were more were brighter and more determined. If only they'd been at a bit more um, <laughs> fortune in their, in their birth. <laughs> It never went that well. No. Anyway. There's no spontaneous applause. So, the, so when they play pool, they do wear vices. So I had remembered. They all looked like, uh, you know, old guys. They get mixed up about stuff. So it wasn't the Mandela effect? Yeah, not, not a true example okay. of the Mandela effect, although close. So they do in pool, they don't in poker. Is that right? I believe so. Okay. So according what to What is the true texts, example of the Mandela effect? Uh, yeah, the Mandela effect is when you remember something a certain way and then when you watch it again, it isn't. Mass it's, false it's memory. It's mass memory, I think, generally. Yeah. Is it mass? Because I'm thinking of... Looney like Tunes, I watched for Benny, example, Looney I, Tunes. I watched some of the Benny Hill show the oh, other dear. night, which was on one of the channels, and I, in my memory, it had been funny. <laughs> 
man's not the man done No. Oh. Do you know when people say, oh, it's an absolute disgrace? I mean, this is the problem of being a comedian is your priorities are a bit different. And yes, it was incredibly... Um, it's, it's had all the ists you can imagine, you mm. know, women in stockings running around and all that. But I was so overpowered by its unfunniness <laughs> that <laughs> I'd been numbed, numbed to any other offence. <laughs> Sorry, it was, uh, you know, it was at the time, it, comedy's got a fierce um, shelf life. Mm. So, you oh. know. Okay. On this, that, if on you're that listening to this, if you're listening to this podcast on uh, Monday, it's probably already lost a lot of its sheen. <laughs> a lot of its Michael. Yeah. Frank, so Monopoly Man and Monocle is your classic Mandela. Because mm. the Monopoly Man doesn't have a monocle. No. Unlike Planters, your favourite. Yeah, he certainly <laughs> does. Um, um, Mr. Peanut, mm. as he's known. Don't mention Mr. P. No, it's not. It's not the nickname a man dreams of. <laughs> We've had this in from Tedley Manor. I don't okay. know if that's near Wayne Manor. It might be, yeah, mm. it might be in, out in Manor Town. <laughs> uh, Tedley says, Pierre is such a good guest, always polite. He's not really a guest, I have to say. No. Um, and does not plug his show. <laughs> when can we see him on tour? Do we have to give him notes after each show with praise? Over to you, Frank Skinner. Well, um, I went to see Pierre um, live at the Soho Theatre, where I think it's been so popular, it's been extended to Wednesday night. Am I correct? Yes, and we we put uh, Leicester Square Theatre date in for June. Oh, sure. There you go. And also he's doing a UK tour. So if you want to see Pierre... Go see Pierre, and I will tell you, it was it was a great show. I loved it. I properly laughed out loud. That's a relief. Pierre. I mean, yeah. I properly did. It we, was the iron nervous. the iron fist in the velvet jacket. That's what it was like. Did he crack out? Sort the of a bit, grump, bit grumpy and difficult, but he um, didn't collect the lint that I expected him. Well, to. I had yes. a phone call from Frank's partner, and mm. she doesn't praise often. Let's be honest. Oh, certainly she? not uh, any comedians <laughs> local. <laughs> yes, she was full of praise. Oh really? Mm. Oh wow! And I was, I was back row. Me and her was in the back row. It's been a while. <laughs> and um, I wouldn't. I'll be honest. At my age, I wouldn't have wanted to watch an average sized comedian from that distance. But with Pierre, it was fine. Yeah. Sort of brought him down to yeah, human level. That's like that actress friend of my mother's saying, your hair looked very nice on the bill. Come no, but, on. But from the back yes. of the room, it's like it's like um, Michelangelo's David. You know, you make it a bit bigger because, you know, it's going to be on a plinth. Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so I, he didn't do it for that. All right, though. all right. Anyway... The people in the front just getting a sort of nostrils view. Do a couple still um, cavort in the back seat? Is that thing that's gone there, the back row? Uh, Pierre? Well, we've you're still a young, you're still you a fresh back... relationship. You hold hands in the back row? Would you row? go to a back row and kiss and Madame stuff? Pierre? I think so. <laughs> I think you're couples now, certainly in London, where it's so hard to get a starter home, <laughs> would be more reliant on the back row than they ever were. <laughs> Any they you guys, do the Sarah? Do you ever? Um, ever... Wait, you can't ask these questions of the people. I think it's all right. They can always say, "Mind your own business." But you I'd know, like to know. Here's the thing. No, what I mean, Frank, is these young people don't do the back row. They do Netflix and chill, don't they? I just wondered if it had stopped. I just I, if that still goes on. If people would go back row seats so they could snog. Maybe you, there's a decline that's in proportion with the spreading of camera phones and things. Yeah. I know someone who had the most inappropriate back row shenanigans, let's call them. Oh, mm. really? I'm afraid it was during the madness of King George. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, what a, what a period in history that was. <laughs> How old are these people? <laughs> no, I, you um, don't go and see that film and get up to shenanigans. It's, I, in, uh, it's inappropriate. I have snogged in the back row, but generally speaking, I would snog about halfway down because I wanted to <laughs> snog, but I didn't want to sacrifice my view of the film, if you know what I mean. <laughs> 
Um, you're all right there because people behind can't really see what's happening and people ahead, they assume that noise is you, um, is your drinking straw taking up the last dregs of a Kiora orange. <laughs> Um, but I'd love to, if anyone uh, listening still um, has a bit of a bat row snog, I'd love to know. I, I mean, it may, have, it may just have gone. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. This is Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio with Emily Dean and Pierre Novelli. You can text the show on 812.15, follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Frank on the Radio. Email the show via frank at absoluteradio.co.uk. Frank, you have been asking our readers whether they still enjoy a, what should we call it, a back seat? A, ba- a, ba- a back row snog. Mm. Not back seat. That's, oh, sorry. That's more in the car, isn't it? We don't want to go into I, that's in That's a car. bit sleazy. No, I don't want to. That's very sleazy. Don't want to go into that no. car park, etc. OK. Uh, Mrs Trellis has got in touch. OK. It's a great name. She said, Mrs Trellis. Ro- Rose, I'm guessing. So. Oh, lovely. Sounds like a character from sort of Terry and June, the sitcom. Mrs yeah. Trellis. Yes. <laughs> Mrs Trellis says, snogging's free. The cinema isn't. If I've paid to see a film, I'm going to watch the film. <laughs> Good point. Good point. Mrs Trellis, I love you. I think the, the key, Mrs Trellis, is to pull them to you then you can still watch the film. <laughs> yes. Mm, OK. Yeah, you want to be like the, not the page that's turned, so to speak. Yes, not verso. Clinton no. says, front row only, strict rule, be in the movie, no exceptions. Wow, that is... <laughs> people avoid... I was in the front row for the first Star Wars movie. <laughs> sorry. And, yeah, sorry about this. And, Frank uh, says Star Wars. And there was a oh, queue. Wars. He there was thinks a... everyone says it. Right. Sorry, was, Frank. There was a queue at the Gormant, so we ended up in... And I always said to my friends, most of the people in this cinema think we're in it. It was it was enormous screen. And we, that bit when the spaceship, you know, oh, you forget, like, the first time you see Star Wars... Whoa, it's amazing. So, yes, I'm to choose the front row. I often choose the front row. Do you? Mm. Really? Do you not sort of feel a bit like you're looking up at a film instead of watching it? Yes, the I'm neck. I'm constantly what about the neck? looking up at the world. I'm That's a true. woman. I'm, don't say that's true. That's true. <laughs> that's true. Uh, no, but it's true. I'm used to it. I like it. Yeah. We also have Jane, who's got in touch. I think you're going to like Jane, Frank. Okay. Always hated the cinema, love films, hate the stench and sound of other people. Oh gosh, <laughs> I don't. I can't go with the last bit. Um, stench. <laughs> my only problem with um, the cinema is you have to watch the whole film nowadays, all the way through. And as when I watch films at home, as I've said before, I um, I like to watch twenty minutes one night and then maybe fifteen the next. Do I think like fifteen. Yeah, I've. Um, well, I always think of it. Fifteen minutes of a film. Yeah, I describe the method as my panettone method. When I have a panettone <laughs> at Christmas, I like to rip a chunk off and eat it, and then I probably won't touch it again until the next day. I wouldn't want to sit and eat the entire panettone in one go. I would. But, but now with mm. the with the film, how do you choose what what sort of points are you choosing to sort of go? Okay, I'll stop it there. Well, I will say, like, if it's me and my son watching it, I'll say, here's that thing, see if you can get a really good freeze. <laughs> and I get him, like, get, get a really, you know, a good close of a, of, a, of a character or someone in midair or someone like that. But that interests me, because yet you will gorge on the T.S. Eliot Wasteland book. Yeah. And I think that's interesting, that there is maybe a sense of slight guilt towards the cinematic experience. Well, I watched an entire film on the night of my birthday. What did uh, you watch? Well, I'll tell you after <laughs> this. Frank Skinner. Frank, do you think it's odd that I drink Lucozade at night? At night? Mm, is that quite odd? Nocturnal well, Lucozade. <laughs> it's been... Lucozade has become... Uh, We're not getting paid, by the way. We don't know anyone at <laughs> no, Lucozade. I don't know don't, Luke. Don't send us Lucozade. No, don't. It's Not bad. that keen. Man. No. You can send us Prime. 
which has become this cult. What's that? Drink. It's a YouTube drink. That my son says, can you get me some, do you think you could get me some Prime? Someone at school had a bottle today, like <laughs> all to themselves. And I said, yeah, I'll get you some. We'll go in the news agent. No, no, we don't have it. You have to go online. You're only allowed to buy one bottle and it's like £11 pounds of... What? How did that happen? It's, what is Prime? Is it one of those goth energy drinks? It's just a drink. <laughs> just a drink. It's just. But a, it's like I Furby. Need it's a few the more Furby. details. Remember the Furby phenomenon when oh, everyone said yeah. you can't get Furby. So it's yeah. like that, but with a soft drink. Oh, Tracy the, Island. The popularity. Don't don't make the mistake of assuming the popularity and rarity is due to the qualities of the drink. <laughs> I believe. Well, I, do I that. believe you'll find. What is it? Tulip. Tulip fever. You know what Mark yeah. Twain said is, if ever you find your si- yourself on the side of the majority, it's t- it is time to reassess your position. <laughs> <laughs> Have you tried Prime, Frank? I haven't tried it. That's like saying I was ever very dodo. <laughs> <laughs> it's, um, I don't mean the character from Doctor Who in case anyone texts in. Mm. Um, I, um, no, it's, it's, it's like trying to get Blue jeans in 1960s Soviet Russia. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. It's it's a YouTuber drink. A YouTuber has released it as a drink. It's a really strange. Is it phenomenon. the sort of drink you'd have while sitting in one of those gamer chairs, which make me sick? Very if, much so. If you're like going to drink it, you really need to be taking photos and putting them on your TikTok and stuff. I've yeah. got some Prime. Yeah, that's what Look it's at like. You with your TikTok. <laughs> anyway, um, but. When I used to drink uh, Lucas, actually I do quite like Lucas, eh? but but don't send me any because I don't I don't. No, want don't to send us. But why in the evening would you think it wasn't a good? It was a strange. Well, choice. I only had it when I was poorly. When oh. I was a kid, it used to come in. Now it's in an orange <laughs> bottle. It was in a clear glass bottle, but in a prissy cellophane wrapping oh. that was twisted at the top and it covered the, so you thought oh an orange bottle that oh it's just a clear glass I've been looking at the world through orange tinted uh, cellophane how is it how is it fastened was it an elastic band or it, no it was just twisted at the top and somehow it held like it was a sort of giant sweet yeah yes. like it was a giant sweet oh right uh, I don't know. I wish I'd kept those sheets of orange cellophane. I'm sure they would have come what would in. You have done with it? I would have used it for forgiving lighting. It would have been helpful for my uh, <laughs> Donald you? Trump stage show lighting. <laughs> Save on makeup. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, anyway. So, yeah, so I associated with illness and suddenly became an energy drink. Mm. I that was a clever bit of rebranding because illness is not that cool, whereas energy is, you know, everyone's after it. True. So I think of it, some, I don't want to really have something that would give me zing. Although I do, I'm a light tea drinker. I will drink mm. tea at last thing before I go to bed. How, okay. how nocturnal is this Lucozade? Mind your own beeswax. <laughs> it's sometimes have, things I haven't said since 1979. <laughs> Is that something all Keith would say? Well, I, it makes me think of the a character in Equus by Peter Schaefer. Not that character. Who used to say, mind your own beeswax. Oh, uh, Keith. Do you know who all Keith is? Frank's brother, mm. he says great things. He said, let's see what's on that goggle box. He, start, yeah. he should get royalties from that show. Yeah, you think that's where they got it from? Yeah, they copied it off him, Frank. Yeah. But we were talking about the fact that um, if you've got something in the fridge, like Lucasade or um, beer, as you were saying, Pierre, mm-hmm. um, that beer, as they call it in his house. <laughs> Le beer de Pierre. Um that you you wouldn't be able to resist it. You wouldn't be able to leave it alone. Mm. In the end, you just consume it. You can. Though, Whereas right? I can have two squares of chocolate and then put the rest back in the. What is that? Is that a Catholicism thing? I, I don't know. know. I just Maybe, this. Yeah. I've just completed, finished eating. That is a um, chocolate facsimile of the ornate gold belt buckle that was found at Sutton Hoo. <laughs> Um, which I was bought for my last birthday, and I've had a little bite here and a little bite there, and it took me a year. A year to, to eat, eat a it. belt buckle? Yeah. 
yeah. a long time for a belt buckle. I don't buckle. know what the time is for um, chocolate, Anglo-Saxon belt buckle. That's, that sounds like a, one of those sort of phrases that you'd, you'd read in a book that has to come with a footnote. <laughs> Take him a year to eat a belt buckle. You know. <laughs> oh, in, the, in, the, in, the old, in those days, it meant a very parsimonious sort of thing. <laughs> Frank Skinner. Absolute Radio. David Ivor Price. Yeah. Oh, I like Well, we Ivor. all have. <laughs> <laughs> Ivor Price is great. Yeah. There is plenty of the prime drink in the spa on Caerleon Ke- Road, Newport. Is that? It's two ninety nine. Only another 50p would secure a bottle of Buckfast tonic wine. So there is plenty of prime to Ivor, go around I'm, all flavours. Ivor, here's a business suggestion. Buy as many as you can and put it on eBay. Yeah. Do you think so? <laughs> I'm not kidding you. Have a look at what people are paying for it. Yeah, it's mad. It is tulip fever. Have yeah. you tasted it? Yeah. No, no, no. tasted I, it? And I, and I shan't. <laughs> what, are you crazy? I've never even seen it. <laughs> It would be going straight into the cellar. Exactly. For my really? grandchildren. I'm, I'm, only, I'm buying it for lying down. I'm not going to uh, to taste this prime. This is not for drinking, Matt. <laughs> Goodness me. Oh, oh dear. dear. I love the idea of someone celebrating some big birthday and the, the sommelier bringing out the bottle of prime. lurid prime, yes. which I yes. assume is garish colours. Yes. Well, when I celebrated my birthday, I had a frozen what's it. You did? Oh, was this Shooting a Shooting the sats out close to the door. <laughs> oh, God. Are you no, actually they, joking? No, they, well, they did. We had Watsits and... Um, Where was that? At the Nuance at the Batman ba- restaurant? The, yeah, at the um, not, quite, not, not Batman restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> Don't mention the B Did word. You, didn't you have a, a frozen Watsit? None of your business. Okay. Um, at the, well, it's one what, of those where you bite it and steam comes out your nostril. Yeah. Well, yes, because we all went round the table, didn't we? Seeing what, doing our bit. Yeah. So everyone would have the light, the focus on them. Mm. And when it came to me, I was a bit torn. Okay. Because I wanted to do it well, but I wanted to appear ladylike. Mm, you don't want stuff shooting at your nostrils. It's if all you're right ladylike. for you characters. Mm. Yeah, and balls. Sorry? Balls. They 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 look quite good with a snorting steam from the yes. nostril. Oh yes, yeah. so are they the only? Them and dragons are the only animals I know. Yes, you do. <laughs> really, <laughs> David Attenborough, <laughs> not the man he was, ladies and gentlemen. Oh. I can't think of any others. No, nothing else shoots steam out of it. If, if I, you saw a rabbit shooting steam out of its well, nose, you think, what's gone? I'll tell you what was a weird thing. I was in a play where I, I did a publicity shot in which I had to... Um, I was naked and I have to cover myself. Oh, God, I remember that. With a tortoise. I know. It, it was... Yeah. yeah. What was it, Frank? Something Elvis... Cooking Elvis. Cooking with Elvis, Yeah. yeah. And one thing that I was on, I should have known this because it's a, it's a reptile, mm-hmm. presumably. But Is it? There was, when I felt its nostril breath on my lower abdomen, it was icy cold. <laughs> God. Sorry, I'm just reading from the, my new Mills and Boone, <laughs> which I'm writing now. I write one a month, I was 30 quid. I was going to yeah. say, that, that has been said of me before, <laughs> when that? I felt its nostril breath. Cold, icy yeah. cold nostril breath how on the lower you, abdomen. How did you feel about it afterwards? Well, it, it, it just shot because I, I knew they were cold-blooded, but it never occurred to me that their nostril breath would be quite so icy. Twin jets of ice. Did you feel bonded with it afterwards? I felt disgusted by it, as you? I do by so many animals when I get close. Do you? Yes. Mm. <sighs> <laughs> They're filthy, a lot of them. Yeah? Mm. Smell. This is Frank Skinner. Absolute Radio. We were just discussing who was Emily's favourite friars. Um, And Tuck wasn't in there. Tuck wasn't in there. She had Lawrence from Romeo and Juliet. I Mm. love that friar. I like uh, Friar Jacca. I'm just making No, I think you are making (laughs) Anyway, what about Southside Worldy? Well, um... 
regarding uh, and and pay close attention here, Frank Guillermo del Toro. Do you, you want to remind us quickly? Don't tell me he sent in. No. Can you? Maybe we should remind a brief reminder. Well, I just I, I went to a um, performance, a live performance of incidental music from Guillermo del Toro's um, <laughs> Pinocchio. Yes. Oh, Panacchio, I wish you had a boy. Sound like the maitre d'Ivoire. And I met um, Guillermo. Is that getting better? Yeah. No, it's actually uh, worse, Pierre. Why did you lie? I said I went went into the third sentence, which you can't do with famous people, so he just uh, said hello to someone else. But he's nice. And you also met uh, the boy in. The Pinocchio. Yeah. Who I. Yes. Do you mean the actual boy who the was actor. the voice of Pinocchio? Mm. Yes, yeah, so I, said... I, I just went on about him being ginger and how brilliant yes. that was. Well, uh, his chaperone, who I presume his mother, yes, yes. Has, has messaged in. Another, oh. another anecdote character <laughs> sprung to life. Just a week the radio. before, I told the story about going to Liberties, and then mm. the lady who served us in Liberties sent in. And now it's um, Juliet, Pinocchio's mum, Pinocchio's mother. Yeah, not a, not not someone you see on many character lists. <laughs> <laughs> Although a film I'd watch. Mm. Um, Juliet, Pinocchio's mother, uh, sends in a message saying, "Laughed out loud hearing you talk about Abbey Road and how uh, all you had to say about the film was that my son was representing for all the gingers out there." Uh. I can confirm that Greg, voice of Pinocchio, the real ginger boy, yes. Uh, now knows you invented fantasy football and wrote Three Lions. He's suitably impressed. Oh, too late now, Greg. Yeah, too late, Greg. And he, I believe, um, pioneered a chain of pastry stores. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, is, that, is, that, is that a double G, the store? It is. He's a singular. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. No, well done. She I mean, we're brilliant to be voicing Pinocchio for Guyana. She urges you to what? Stop saying it. Learn to say it properly. Okay. You, if you're mixing with these people, you have to learn how to say it. I wouldn't names. say I mix very often with Guillermo del Toro. Yeah, can you do something? Yeah, Guillermo. Okay, oh, Guillermo. Yeah. No, not really. Yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> anyway, you can forgive an unrolled R. Yeah. Can you? That's you didn't nice. grow up with actors. That's <laughs> nice of her, though, to uh She said she does urge you, Juliet, to watch the movie. It's fab. Um, and also on Netflix, the 30 minutes making of I've Gone In Hard. Oh. I've watched both. I'm a oh. huge Pinocchio fan. Funnily enough... Lovely I, to meet you, she says. I had contact from... Uh, from someone from one of my anecdotes oh, as well. Yeah. So it's been like all the people who listen to this and think, oh, they make all this up. <laughs> We're actually bringing in character witnesses. <laughs> yes. um, um, I'll, I'll tell you who it was in a minute. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. So, yeah, so I got a very lovely... Um, note this week unexpected from someone who I've talked about on the radio show before and um, I'm not going to tell you exactly what was in it but it was lovely and you know when the word classy springs to mind Mm. I was quite moved by it and um, it came from Bagshot Park ring any bells? No. Mm. It is the home of the Countess of Wessex. Oh. <laughs> Shut up. Who I had a slight incident with at the Royal Variety. <laughs> yeah, yes. And she wrote to me in order to clarify what had gone on. I mean, Are you actually joking? <laughs> it was the most beautiful thing. Handwritten and lovely. And, uh, and did she do the fabulous posh thing that I once pointed out to you? I explained to Frank, Frank Mm. got a card, a correspondence card with a posh address on the top and it was crossed out. And I said, oh, it's very classy, that touch. He said, what do you... I said, oh, it means this is informal. He said, oh, I thought they'd moved to house. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) Well, I got the best one ever I got was from Baroness Bakewell, who had headed notepaper that said the Baroness Bakewell <laughs> and she'd cross that out and written underneath your friend oh come on oh that's that, very nice anyway, that meanwhile anyway so yes and it was just a lovely thing I love her now I shall not rest until I've got her on crockery 
Yeah, did, she, did she sign it? Just a little indication. Nice. Keep it private. But did she send it so sign it so? Might, maybe. <gasps> anyway, <sighs> I was completely shocked by it. But I, I wrote back, and you can't keep. Um, but I wrote back just to say, oh, I think I might use the word gracious. Not a word I use that often. Oh. But I, what did I write back on? Oh, you the did head my paper. Because I got this. I got a present <laughs> last year. Oh, my God, I'm so embarrassed. I got a present last not. year that said from this last week that said it's headed note paper that says from the desk of Frank Skinner MBE. As a joke. And I thought, I'll never be able to use this. So then I thought, you know what? <laughs> I can't actually believe you did that. Well, I thought she'll think nothing of it, surely. I did say in my reply that I was excited that she was the first person I got to use my headed notepaper with. And what a start. <laughs> what a start. What a start yeah, it was. Very but, much um, thematically appropriate. But yeah, who'd, who Gosh. knew? Oh. Really lovely. Oh, I'm really pleased about that. Oh, I was pleased mm. as well. I you, mean, I, I, you know. We, are you going to get it framed? Um, like my Arthur Miller. You've got to do these things. Mm. Well, I don't know. You see, I, I got, um, I had a few things framed in the nineties. I had um, a Catholic corner in my flat, where, where I had uh, John Paul II's autograph, Paul the Sixth, and then we've got a New Lads corner in the other. Yeah, side exactly. Of the <laughs> I had uh, Mother Teresa all signed, and in the sun they gradually faded, and then I realised that if you're going to do that, you need to keep them. In shades, oh, I made yeah. a terrible error. Okay. I thought they would be like the non-petrified saints of the mm. Roman labyrinths, who would, you know, they would not be affected by sunlight, etc. Yes, yes. Didn't work out. Okay. Anyway, that was that. Oh, what a lovely way to wow. end the show! Oh yes. I'm so pleased for you. If a little mortified that you genuinely <laughs> used the the from the desk of Francis. <laughs> oh, well, who else am I going to? Right, she must get letters on uh, headed notepaper. Not like that, Frank. No, maybe not. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But it's weird. You say stuff on this show and think, you know, no one will ever hear it. Turns out, anyway, they're listening to it in Bagshot Park. Exactly. (laughs) Oh, series six of Frank Skinner's poetry podcast begins on Wednesday, February the eighth. Download it from wherever you get your podcast. This week, it's John Betjeman. Love it's him. his poem, Miss J Hunter Don, Miss J Hunter Don. And in saying it, I read out his dates and realised that John Betjeman died in 1984, which hadn't occurred to me before. And live on air, it occurred to me that I could go to an 80s theme party as Sir John Betjeman, <laughs> which has given me hope. You know what? If the good Lord spares us and the creeks don't rise, we'll be back again this time next week. Now get out.